Hello and welcome to the This Is Marketing Podcast. I'm Ross Marone and in this episode, we're going to talk about the impact that Facebook can make by removing publishers from news feeds. For a lot of my listeners out there, I know that you know that Facebook has been one of the social media platforms that I have pushed very hard over the years uh, and will continue to do so even though uh, changes look like they may be on the horizon for us. So an article came out, a couple articles, uh, Facebook is testing removing publishers from news feeds unless you pay. So for a lot of you small businesses out there, Facebook has been successful for you. For those of you that have a content strategy behind what you're doing, you found a way to go on Facebook and create content that engages your users. Uh, A prime example, and this isn't a small business by any means, but A lot of you that have friends that repost those tasty feeds, uh, simple cooking videos that are 30 seconds to a minute long to just show you how to mix together ingredients. This is content at its best. Uh, It's just simple content. It's short form. It's video. uh, Not a lot of music, if any, to it. Uh, It just really engages you right away just with the visuals. Shows you something that you could probably go out and do yourself and make. So when you have short form content like that and you're a publisher and it's working, everything seems very good. Uh, But what it sounds like Facebook may be pushing out shortly is two feeds, a dual feed within the platform itself. So what does that mean for your business? It means that instead of showing up on the regular feed that everyone's going to open up, whether it's on their mobile device or desktop device, there's actually going to be another feed there uh, that would be called Explore. And this was where users would go out and actually explore brands and explore uh, the different people that they follow that are set up as businesses on Facebook rather than personal accounts. So it kind of, again, is going to be putting a little more pressure on you to create content that is eye-catching, that makes somebody want to see it. Uh, It appears as if where they are testing this, there's only a few spots where they're testing it, but um, Slovakia, Sri Sri Lanka, Serbia, Bolivia, Guatemala, and Cambodia, um, according to a source. This is where they've been testing it, and someone posted out there on Twitter that they've seen their organic traffic drop drastically um, in feeds just because of this. So the traffic that you're normally going to get from being in an organic feed as a brand could see a very large impact because of this dual feed. Now, it's a user thing. So when they roll it out, a lot of people that are used to following brands, such as myself, I'm a big brand follower on Facebook. Uh, I have a lot of different people like Mike Rowe Works. Um, I'm a huge fan of Pat McAfee and everything Barstool Sports. So I'm kind of in those feeds all the time. I usually go to social media just to look at those things. Uh, But if I notice that they're not there anymore, I'm going to have to go to somewhere, wherever they place it. So it's going to become a usability thing. How many users are going to know about this feed? What kind of job is Facebook going to do as promoting where it's at? Bottom line issue here. Facebook isn't going to make it hard to make money on advertising. This could increase their advertising. It could put a lot of businesses that have been making really good content uh, in a kind of a position where they have to decide if they're going to put money behind it. Because what it sounds like they're going to do is if you want to be a business that shows up in the regular feed, you have to pay for it. For So for some of us that have brands that we manage where we're spending hundreds of thousands of dollars, it's not a big difference for us. So yeah, we'll just throw the money at it and move it over to the other feed. I mean, we're promoting it anyway. Uh, but I know that in particular, our brand at Youngstown State, we have a lot of organic reach because we have a very dedicated fan following on Facebook. So it might be a little bit tricky for us. Uh, We might have to do a little more promoting. 
But if Facebook does a good enough job with usability to bring people over to see this other explore feed, then it might not be as big of an impact for us, but it potentially can be. So what are some things that we can do? Not just in this case, but in, in cases when social media changes, because over the past two to three years, we've seen social media change so much from Instagram to Facebook to Snapchat to Twitter. There's been a lot of changes. Even Twitter just in the last month or so has changed character limits for some accounts, not all from 140 to 240 uh, or 280. I think it's 280. I think they doubled it. So what does that mean when it comes to your content strategy? Well, if you're a person that has perfected the craft of 140 character limits and now you have more room to play with, it changes the way your strategy goes. It allows you to say more, but how do you make sure you're not saying too much? Uh, so we have to be ready for these social media changes. And I know a lot of the social media managers out there, you have these issues all the time. You have to stay on top of technology and you have to make determinations whether or not you kind of jump into the new social platforms. Uh, when Snapchat came out and had their platform just kind of being the old snap back and forth, and then they added stories and they added filters, and now there's geotagging or caching and things like that. How did you change your social media strategy to accommodate that? You had to go in and you had to build more strategy. That took a lot more work on social media managers' parts because now that we had the ability to add a story, we had to figure out the content strategy behind that, the content calendaring of it, finding the people to fill in that content. It made us change the way we did business on Snapchat. The same thing happened with Instagram. Instagram is good for them for looking at Snapchat and saying, hey, these are really great changes. We love them. We're going to make them work on our platform too. And they basically did a carbon copy of everything Snapchat did, uh, minus the messaging back and forth, which I actually think they're rolling out now. There is a way on uh, Instagram, which I think I just saw, where you can send a message to somebody that disappears. So it's essentially a snap. Um, but copying these platforms, good stuff, again, makes us as social media managers and editors and content strategy uh, people, we have to change the way that we do business. So you have to be ready for these changes. It doesn't mean you know what they are. No one could predict that Facebook was going to come out and say, hey, we're going to make two feeds now instead of one for every user on our platform. And any business that's on the regular organic feed, you're going to have to pay to play now, or you're going to just show up on this explore feed. We didn't know that was coming. So you can't really plan for it, but you have to be kind of accepting of it rather than saying, you know what? I can't change my strategy. Now I'm too vested in what we've done. You have to be able, you have to be mobile. You have to be fluid with everything that you do. So what's some strategy that we can think of? Well, top of mind right away is just to continue to make great content. That's the bottom line. We have to make something that's eye catching we have to make our audience have expectations of what our social media on each platform is. We have to still know our audience. If you haven't done those things already, if you've been listening to this podcast and you hear me drilling over and over, create user personas, know your audience before you create content on a platform, I have to just remind you that that is the most important thing you can do. Because once we're creating content that we know our audience engages with, then all we have to do is keep that process going. We have to keep using the same recipe uh, and change it over time, especially if it calls for new ingredients. And that's all this is saying is there might be some new ingredients we have to add in and we have to just make sure that our recipe for success is the same. So you don't have to be so worried about it. I think that some smaller brands may get kicked to the curb on this. They may not be able to afford to play uh, on the regular news feed if there's bigger brands that could go in there. I don't know on the Facebook side of this how good of an idea it is. I mean, they're obviously testing it small. Um, to see what happens. They're already having a little bit of this negative feedback. The, the example I gave you um, 
with somebody that that had a big brand and they posted a chart showing where they should have been and how far down they are and they're almost a third uh they lost almost two-thirds of their traffic because of this so it could make a big impact on facebook just as how advertisers spend money um if you're making it harder for me to have my content show up but i've been doing it right for so long and now you're saying you have to put more money behind it well that makes me start to consider what else i can do you know snapchat's working for us really well Instagram works for us really well. Uh, as long as I have my same feed ability over there, I'm not going to change much. Uh, Twitter's a great organic following for us. We're doing a lot of good work there. And I don't know that it makes us really want to say, okay, well, we're going to do whatever Facebook tells us because that's the only place we have the opportunity to advertise because the fact is it's not. Now, I agree we have a great audience over there. We have great audience engagement. And maybe we can still keep that audience by doing the things we're doing. But it doesn't necessarily mean that I'm going to go change my entire strategy to kind of ensure the things that I want just because they want to make two feeds. So not to be worried as a brand or a business about this change, but it's something to know that could possibly be on the horizon. Um, You could go out and just find some articles about this um, and kind of explore it for yourself and maybe start to think internally strategy wise, what could we do? What are some things we could build on? I don't know uh, that this change comes this year. Maybe it comes next year. Maybe we don't see it at all. Uh, Sometimes when you get press behind something like this, it can squash an idea right away. Uh, It depends on how the press goes. If this person that posted about it came out and said, hey, you know what, this is helping. We may have lost organic reach, but we're really seeing our engagements go up, then that's actually a positive. So things to think about when you think of that audience profiling you're doing. Uh, Just because you have the following doesn't mean the engagement's always there. So how many, what's the ROI on what you're doing on Facebook and how's that impacting your overall strategy? So again, just wanted to toss this out there. I thought it was worth commenting on uh, and getting some feedback from all of you. As always, you can follow me on Twitter. Reach out to me on Twitter at Ross Marone. And actually, as of this week, you can follow me on my new blog. This is marketingpodcast.com. Uh, I finally went out and bought the domain that I've wanted to have this podcast running over. And I actually found it really easy to actually move over my WordPress Um, For those of you that don't understand WordPress or what that is, WordPress is actually a content management system. It's really easy to use. Uh, I use Bluehost for my hosting I have for the better half of 15, 20 years. Um, And I was able to move over all of my content and all of my podcasts pretty simply. I just moved it over. I actually use uh, an app within WordPress called uh, Seriously Simple Podcasting. And I use their stats to kind of host everything. Um, I was able to just bring over an XML file and pull it in and it pulled over all my content and then re-indexed everything for me on iTunes and Stitcher and Podcast Attic and all that stuff, just brought it right in. Uh, And it was really simple to do. So that was actually kind of neat too. So uh, This Is Marketing Podcast is now up and running. This is marketingpodcast.com, I should say, is up and running. So you can check me out over there. It's not much different from rossmaroon.com. I uh, just wanted to make sure I was running under a new, the new brand or kind of what I consider to be my brand versus my personal brand. So as always, I just want to thank you for listening. Got off on a tangent there. I might actually do a whole podcast on just podcasting because over the last year and a half, I've learned quite a bit. And I think that there's a lot of value in sharing that. I know there's probably a lot of listeners out there to say, I have something to say. Uh, I just don't know how to do it. And I think you can get started and get a podcast going. It just takes... Uh, the willpower and and a little bit of know-how so i have that know-how because i've done it obviously Uh, so maybe i will do a podcast about that so keep listening for that you can subscribe to me as well share it with your friends this is marketing thank you for listening
we'll see you next time